What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. I want to talk about something that I think people don't talk about enough. I want to share a truth with you that I think sometimes people avoid because they don't want to scare people away from being their authentic self. But I want to share with you a truth that I have had to learn the hard way, if you will. I have had to learn that the thing that often makes you a primary target for your adversary is the very gift that God gives you. And that is a very, very, very difficult reality to grasp. Why would God give me a gift so that the gift that he gives me makes me a target? It really doesn't make sense. I'm gonna explain to you in biblical sense and then from the perspective of a person who uh, in all transparency feels like I am in a season of attack. And then I'm gonna tell you what the Lord shared with me. So David was not the first king of Israel. God had anointed Saul to be king. When God decided that he had had enough of Saul being king, he did not remove Saul from office, but he anointed David. David would have to endure being anointed to be king without the formal role and or authority and with the person that he would succeed being the person that he served, y'all hear me? Being the person that he was most loyal to, being the person that he learned the most from, being the person that held a title worthy of respect, this was the person that ended up being what some would say is the enemy of Saul. The reality is that Saul was not intimidated by David per se. What intimidated Saul the most was the anointing that rested on David's life. Now, we must be careful not to assume that everybody is hating on us and that everybody is jealous of us or that everybody wants to be us. That's not the type of conversation that we're having. The conversation that we are having is simply when the thing that makes you a target is not the thing that you asked for. David was an unassuming shepherd boy. 
In fact, when God tells Samuel to go to Jesse's house to anoint a king, Jesse lines up all of his sons based upon his knowledge of their capacity to be king. To be king, you had to be a warrior. You had to be tried and true. You had to be a leader of men. You had to be a man of war. Jesse does what makes the most sense to him, and he identifies men, his sons, those among his sons who he found to be most worthy of being king as a result of their experience. Samuel was like, you must have another son. Finally, Jesse insists, actually, I do have another son, and his name is Jesse, but he's just the shepherd boy. In fact, one of the problems that he has is that he's very attractive. Right, in the sense that his physical beauty may, in fact, impact his ability to operate in the office of king. Everything that could possibly be uh, a disadvantage for David, God used for his advantage. He was very unlikely. But God had decided that David would be king. You know the story, but in case you don't, David lived for years and years and years with a target on his back, being chased and running from Saul. Not because of who David was, but because of the anointing on David's life. Actually, who David was 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 more in alignment with, with Saul than it was with anything. He was Saul's son-in-law. He was a person whose gifting soothed the, the nerve of Saul. He was someone who served in the palace. He as a person. He was someone that had favor with Saul's son, Jonathan. He as a person. So he, his, his personality, his attitude, his acumen, his gifting, his talent was not the thing that caused Saul, his father-in-law, to be his primary enemy. It was the anointing that rested on his life. And we must be able to make the difference between somebody hating on us and somebody seeing a gift in our lives that sometimes it makes them feel insecure or less than. You can make people feel insecure. You can tap into people's vulnerability without doing or saying anything if the thing that you have challenges the thing that somebody else has or does not have. And sometimes what we do is we come up with all of these worldly rationales. We try to get mediation. We try to uh, uh, fix uh, relationships with people. We try to suck up. We try to make uh, uh, relationships work. We try to become more amiable. We do all of these things because we think that the conflict that we're wrestling with between some people has to do with something less trivial than the actual anointing that rests on our life. So we try to make things work that actually don't work. We try to make things work that God has no intention of working. God knew that David would have to endure conflict with Saul. 
because God removed his spirit, not the, not the, not the title, but he removed his spirit from Saul and gave it to David. But God had a lesson for David to learn that was so big that it took time for him to learn. God created time for David to learn the lesson that God wanted to teach him through Saul. Let's gather this truth. Some of the people who you have identified as your enemy are the people that God uses to build you up, to prepare you, to teach you, to strengthen you, to prepare you for what's next. I know that's hard to navigate in your mind when you're going through the conflict, right? When you're going through the conflict, it's hard to disaggregate between what's happening for the purpose of God and what's just a mess, right? But God has a way of using conflict to strengthen us and to prepare us. And so, even though it's not ideal, right? Even though we prefer to be in a different position, a different scenario, we can't ignore the fact that God loves us enough to prepare us even through our enemies. I just love the scripture that says that he will prepare a table in the company of our, let me just get that scripture because um, I think it's important for us to reflect on the promise that God makes to us. The easiest time to forget the promises of God is when we are in the midst of the conflict. We can know what the Bible says front and back. Listen, y'all, I'm testifying. I'm trying to inspire you, but at the same time, I'm testifying. You can be in the middle of something and forget everything that you know to be true based on your relationship with God. That's how Satan works. He wants to confuse us. He wants to get us off of our feet. He wants us to be confused. He does not want us to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. He wants us to feel like we're stuck in the thing that we feel like we have to get out of. And so we pray to get out of things rather than to learn lessons from them. And sometimes praying to get out of things counters God's will for us. Because if you get out of something prematurely, you don't know the victory or the joy or the peace or the affirmation or the confirmation that you get when you have done something successfully. Why would God say in Psalm 23, and five, thou preparest a table. Now, this is the, a psalm of David, the person for whom we're speaking of, who says this, and we can assume he's talking about it. He had many enemies, but we know one of his primary enemies was Saul. And he said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, Thou anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So in other words, you set the stage for my 
ability to be victorious in the front of the people who are my worst critics. My worst critics will experience my cup running over. Oh, bless the Lord. (laughs) It's fascinating to me. Sometimes we want to be vindicated, right? And we have planned what the vindication looks like. And here's what the Lord is saying. Wait a minute. I I anointed you. I'm going to get to my word in a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm already in the book, though. I anointed you. Your anointing is what made you a target. But eventually, I'm going to give you the testimony that you're going to be in front of a spread so that your enemy can watch you victorious. And not just victorious but bountiful in your victory. Bless the name of the Lord. My God, I'm I'm, I'm almost preaching to myself. I had seasons of life where I didn't understand when people would talk about haters. And a part of the reason why I couldn't understand what people were talking about when they would talk about haters is because I couldn't see myself as a person that people would hate because I could not see the anointing or the gifting on my life. I had low self-esteem, right? So it, I know that's a weird thing, right? Like, so low self-esteem causes you not to be able to imagine or see that you have haters. Absolutely. But I'm also sharing that the haters that I have, they're not hating me because of who I am in the flesh. They're hating me because of who I am in the spirit. That's why it's important for me to stay above reproach. Okay, let me tell you what the Lord told me a couple of weeks ago. And when the Lord shared this to me, my first thought was really that he had given this to me to share with somebody else. Um, When he shared this with me, I almost immediately shared this with somebody else that I thought that the Lord wanted me to tell. And... It was in the spirit of obedience to God that I shared with this person, but I was unsure. And it didn't make sense to me until later. God made sense of it all when the person who he told me to tell this word to, weeks later, came back to me when I was going through something very similar with the same person. Do y'all hear me? They said, oh, this is the this is the word of the Lord for you. And it was the word of the Lord that he gave me for that other person that was for that person. But came back to me so clear because I had recalled the Lord speaking through me to that other person. Okay, you want to know what the word is. The word is sabotage. S-A-B-O-T-A-G-E. Let me tell you what this word means. To deliberately destroy 
damage or obstruct something, especially for political or military advantage. Okay. The Lord told me that the anointed would endure a season of sabotage. This is, I'm, this is what the, the Lord told me this. And, and he began to minister to my heart and he showed me what it looks like. Like I could see it as clear as day. And he said to me, the key is political advantage. Now, let me tell you what blessed me the most. Because many have succumbed to those with political advantage. In the flesh, those with more influence have the political advantage, right? People have been drowned by political advantage. There's a whole political system where people have been the victim of those that have more of a political advantage. But the Lord said, what's bigger than political advantage, political advantage in, in, in the context of how we experience it, the people with more influence, the higher ranks, the bigger job, the, 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 the better relationships. What the Lord said is that those people have political advantage, but they do not have. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and let me just interrupt your thinking. I'm not talking about the world right now. I'm talking about the way the when the Lord ministered this to me, he was not talking about people in the world. He was talking about people within the context of spaces for which I occupy and the person I was speaking to occupy where there were people operating in a spirit of sabotage who were also operating with a form of godliness. And he said, what's bigger than a political advantage is a heavenly advantage. In other words, they can kill you politically. <laughs> they might have more influence than you. They might know people that you don't know. They might have the microphone more than you have. They might have the podium that you don't have, the, the acumen that you don't have, the words that you don't have, the family that you don't have, the relationship with power that you don't have. But what they do not have is heavenly influence. So the Lord said, when I'm done allowing you to go through a season of sabotage, you will experience exactly what it means, exactly what it means, exactly what it means to have a heavenly advantage. And listen, you have a heavenly advantage even as you are going through the season of sabotage. You have to know that. So David said, even though I'm going through the season of sabotage, you will create for me 
a heavenly advantage by setting a, a spread in the company of my enemies so that they can see my cup running over. That's all. That's all. Now, it would behoove those who are going through a season of sabotage to peel themselves away from the inclination to fight back, to respond, to plot against the person that's sabotaging them. When you do that, you are doing God's job. And who can do God's job better than God? Listen, if three people listen to this podcast, one of them, I hear, I hear the Lord encouraging my heart even as I'm saying these things. And you know what I pray? I pray that it's like if you're listening to this, it's because God wanted you to hear it. And because he's in love with you enough to encourage your heart in your season. Like he's not going to wait until the season when you're on the mountain to encourage you. You don't need as much encouragement then. But he wants to meet your need now. Okay. I'm going to say a word of prayer. God, your people stand in your presence in need of your help, your encouragement, your strength, your peace. And your word says that you give us peace or shalom that is beyond our understanding. And so, God, we pray now that you will give us the hardness of a good soldier to endure the season of sabotage and that you will cause us to remember that we have a heavenly advantage even when it doesn't feel like it. Help us to align ourselves with systems and people and things that encourage us, that push us into the next dimension in you. Reveal your word to us in different ways. God, we seek and to, 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 to experience a, a, a word that is transformative as we go through the season that we didn't ask. Don't help us. Don't cause us, God, to renege or to um, wish that we were not anointed, but cause us to know that even if we're being attacked or pushed to the side or um, overwhelmed by those with more power, more advantage, more strength, more visibility, that God, you love us enough to stand up in us and that God, you have warring angels. You have warring angels that surround us, that come to our rescue, that come to our defense, even before we come to our own defense. And we thank you now for what you are doing to the person that is listening to this podcast, what you are revealing to them as a result of their faithfulness to you. Help us to endure as good soldiers. Help us not to be weary and well-doing. Help us to stand firm on your word and to recall the words that you have already spoken to encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Season with song